The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. At Zed, we're all about moving with the times. And now it's time to be part of the climate change solution and move on from fossil fuels. As a company providing fuel to people all over the country, we also know we have a real opportunity to lead that change. We're committed to keeping Aotearoa moving by providing the right energy for everyone. We believe that innovation in fuel and how it's used can make a huge difference to our planet. Find out more at z.co.nz. G'day mates, uh, slightly different opening uh, today because it's Australia week at the spin-off. Yeah, Australia week. <laughs> yeah. I don't often do um, accents or I'm not Toby Manhire, you know. You sounded like an American being an Australian more than a Kiwi. Well, I am half Australian, it's disappointing that I can't, I can't do it. Channel your origins. I think it's if you go too hard. Yeah, I know whenever you try to do anything too hard you always fuck it up right? yeah yeah when people are watching and stuff but you can never do it. thanks sophie so across the spin-off this week to celebrate the launch of the trans tasman uh travel bubble we are doing australia week you know looking at the beautiful things about australia the terrible things about australia the fascinating relationship new zealand has with australia and so today we're talking about and hopefully should Matthew McCauley come through eating some Australian food? Exciting. And we wouldn't be here without the support of a wonderful New Zealand company that uh, raises and feeds us pigs that are grown, raised in New Zealand, (laughs) uh, which isn't always the case with um, bacon. Freedom Farms. So shop Freedom Farms, buy their beautiful free-range eggs and Freedom Farmed pork, and thank you for looking after us. Do we like Australian food? Can you think of what Australian food is? Yes. Uh, my instant response would be yes. I think they've, because of the, just by virtue of their population, but they've got almost, they've got a better restaurant scene than us. Yeah. I think my initial response would be the cities have great dining scenes. They also have the Italian and Greek populations that. Yes. Um, they have sort of their cities came up with, I guess, more cosmopolitan. Well, you've Maybe? raised it. I really want to quickly talk about what's the name of the Greek tavern? Jimmy's Greek Tavern. Oh my gosh! So this is in a, Melbourne. This is yeah. an iconic Melbourne dining experience. We were fortunate enough to get to know the daughter of Jimmy of, of the parents. Yeah. Well, it may have been named after her grandfather. I think it's called Jim's Greek Tavern. Um, I think her grandfather might have been Jim, but. Yeah, her parents were running the restaurant at this stage. 
and you got treated like royalty when you went in there with, can you remember her name? Pam? Pam Panagopoulos. Because <laughs> <laughs> look, Jim's Greek Tavern on Instagram, the person's name is Leo Panagopoulos. It's the first Greek Tavern in Melbourne. You just get like octopus arriving. Yeah. Like it is, it is, it is highly recommended uh, dining experience if you're ever in Melbourne. Did you guys plates? live there at the same time? Is that? Yes, we yeah, did. yeah. There was crossover. Wasn't Didn't you there? crash into a kangaroo with Pam Pamagopoulos? Oh my god! Yes, yeah. <laughs> that happened. I think so. You had a short stint selling electricity on door to door, and I had a short stint selling electricity on the phones. This is when, um, basically, in Australia, the electricity providers, the industry became privatized. So right. all the like small players were getting in there, and they were just getting like squads of people on the blower transferring people from Mercury Energy to Simon Day's power company. <laughs> and that's what we did. But Pam was actually on the phones with us as well, and she has... Became a... She was a very interesting... Became a um, Whole family history and Sounds great. But anyway... It wasn't. It was terrible. I felt like I was sent out into the suburbs of Australia to scare poor people into changing mm, to my... Not ideal. So I lasted two days. It was, it was horrific. Yeah. You also had a run-in with someone that was teaching you that was using methamphetamine on the job? So in the back of the team bus <laughs> when we got out into the suburbs, he got amped up to sell energy by uh, having a um, go on the crack pipe. Oh, my, and I remember our age. It was, like, absolutely alarming. Second year university. Yeah, and I – so at that time, Pam took us to Jim's Greek Tavern, which was um, her family restaurant, and – we probably went three or four times over that summer, but it's just, you know, if you've ever, I'd never had saganaki before. We just, yeah. we've not What's had saganaki. That's the cheese, flaming cheese, flaming cheese with the honey all over it. Yeah. It's such a vibe. But also, this is pre otolingi, so it's yeah. like this was Mediterranean food that we hadn't really got fully amongst before. Yeah, it was awesome. And Ligon Street is uh, iconic for some Italian food in Melbourne as well. Mm-hmm. What's that? Um, Players on Ligon. What's, what's the Ligon Street? There's a really lovely Italian place. My friend uh, Danielle, who lives there, used to work there. Google it while we uh, talk about the fact that Alice is just about to publish, you know, the Ten Commandments, the codification of who really owns the disputed trans-Tasman food. It's a, mm-hmm. you know, she's done some... Incredible research, hours and hours of talking to his story. No, you haven't talked to anyone. Extensive, extensive investigation. Sorry, what does that mean? Who owns the trans-Tasman food? Like Pavlova, whose food is that? Oh, sure. Um, Pavlova, who owns that? uh, You'll have to wait and see. You have to read the the piece, spinoff.co.nz. I should um, warn you that most of the uh, verdicts I come to are based on just my vibes rather than fact. Oh, okay. However... I was joking about the research. Yeah. yeah, so we'll just be good. just use it as Alice's word, which is as good as any, really. I think what so, else yeah. is under dispute? Lamingtons? Lamingtons, yep. Fish and chips? No, that's British. Well, I, yeah, fish, fish and chips, um, wheat bicks. It could have been like, who had it first. See, I didn't realise no, that the original sort of song was wheat bicks kids, uh, Aussie I know, kids. So confronting. Yeah. Oh, I know, you feel so betrayed. Wow. Yeah. That is upsetting. Fairy bread. Is pies. That a, surely heaps of these are British. Do Aussies no. claim pies? Yeah, they claim that, like, you know, they like, that's a national food, the pie, the bloody Aussie pie. Is it? Yeah. So we think it's ours, but they have the same shit. I'm, mm. I'm outraged. I know. Up and arms. I, I actually I didn't even know that, pie, right now. That, that pies were part of that whole debate. Yeah, apparently. I think that Australians 
I, and I'm qualifying it by saying just by virtue of their population, but they have an exceptionally world-class restaurant scene. Like yeah. I, the other day when the Trans-Tasman bubble popped, I had a list in my phone of restaurants that I'm keen to go to when I'm in Sydney. Have, you, have you booked already? No, but I'm about to. And neither my mother nor my husband were very supportive of my idea. And they were like, so you literally just want to go to Sydney to go to restaurants. What else do you go to Sydney for, You know, you're supporting their economy. For Boogie and my dad. (laughs) No, but then you go out to food with Boogie and your dad. Yeah. That's kind of what I thought. I was like, this is so bizarre that that seems like a weird activity, particularly when that is like my only hobby. Have you ever gone to, um, say, Melbourne, Sydney, Hobart, and done like, Gone to like an art gallery. I guess I did go to um, yes. MoMA, yeah. MoMA in Hobart, and that was oh, that's highly recommended. I would also yeah add to another qualification to my, all of my statements is that I'm a real basic bitch when it comes to Australia. <laughs> like I'm really familiar with Melbourne. And but you're kind Sydney. of a philistine out of sight of food anyway, right? Simon. Like no taste in music. <laughs> I'm deeply cultured. Mm, I just don't like the same read, things as you. Never read a novel. Oh, my God. You never read a novel. Look, he's not far <laughs> off, but I've, I've read quite a lot of the big important ones. So I can, like, like the Da Vinci Code. Well, <laughs> no, but when people will talk at a dinner party about a book, it, honestly, I shit you not randomly about half the time I've read it, uh-huh. but oh, I have only read good. about 10 books, yeah. like novels. But the, the big ones. They're yeah. the only ones you need, really. Yeah, but I... I um, yeah, Melbourne and Sydney, I think when I talk about Australia, I'm speaking about those places. Yeah. I know absolutely nothing about the rest of Have you of been Australia. to Adelaide? No, I'd like to go to Adelaide. You'd, you'd really love Adelaide. Adelaide blew my socks off. I went there just after the entire... So Adelaide used to be um, Courtney Place on MDMA, like just like... They had nothing except this one strip of fucking ripped students who caused heaps of trouble. And it was because they had this weird licensing rule where unless you could have capacity for over 150 people, I think, you couldn't get a license to serve alcohol. Oh. And then that so it's just mega changed. venues. Only mega venues. And yeah. the only mega venues that really succeed are really uh, terrible ones, you know. Yeah. Um, Got to play some... Wagon wheel to get enough people chanting along after six jugs of beer. I mean, but us the, basic bitches don't mind a <laughs> bit of wagon that. wheel. <laughs> then, um, then the law changed, and uh, the minister for South Australia at the time became known affectionately as the minister for small bars, oh. and all these laneways behind the main strip. Uh, just got transformed oh, over a cool. twelve-month period into fantastic, uh, like twelve-person bars and restaurants, and it's it's absolutely thriving now. Just you just walk in and out of all these streets in Adelaide, and it's so much fun. The Adelaide Oval has just been refurbished and is perhaps the most beautiful cricket ground on and football ground on the planet, and the city's vibing. I spent oh. a lot of time in Adelaide in. The early 2000s, because my parents moved there when I was in my last year of high school. Why? I didn't know this. But I didn't, because my dad's got a job there. Right. But I found it quite boring, like a giant Palmerston North. But it did have quite good food. This is before the Minister of Small Bars came in. That that did have good food. (laughs) That is a good one to whack on the CBA. Formerly known as the Minister of Small Bars. I bumped into him at a small bar. My host was like, "That's that's the guy who did this. Yeah. He was lit. What a Gary. 
Do we think, though, that most of the good restaurants or a large amount of Australia's great restaurant scene is thanks to New Zealanders? Lots Ooh, of, lots like of great that. New Zealand chefs. Mm. Yeah, there are a lot of them. There's yeah. a bunch of um, Kiwi chefs that all went to London and did their OEs and then went back to Australia and set up restaurants. Mm. Well, you've got the whole, um, you know, Dave Verhul or whatever his name is, the town mouse. Oh, yeah. Um, what's the other one? Oh, they've got... Um, the Melbourne places. Yeah, and the one on the corner. Yeah. I went there last year. Oh, oh. The day before oh. COVID. Here it comes. Something exciting's happening. It's not good. <laughs> it's not good. What is so, it? So Matt... Matt who's just busted into the studio, has cooked a oh. uh, kangaroo on the office sandwich press. Wow. <laughs> Should I give you some background? Yeah, do you want to jump Come on the jump mic? Jump on the mic. I'll jump, I'll jump on the mic. Matt, Matt was out picking up firewood because it's getting a bit cold in Auckland and stopped in at the Greyland Butcher. So I just, I, I mean, no one else can see how bad this looks and, and Simon's about to experience how bad it tastes. Um, it's, th- th- that's exactly the, the buzz. It's, it smells exactly like when you buy cat food from like oh. one of those weird big factories outside of a small town. Um, it smells less like that now that it's cooked. But So, so the, we have a sandwich press in the office Quite that gets gamey. really hot. So gamey. There's like no fat in mm. it at all. It's extremely lean. But we have a sandwich press which gets extremely hot, so Simon and I thought this would work completely fine. Um, I didn't realise it has a really effective and, like, efficient um, thermostat. So it got super hot and um, seared, like, one side of these very thinly sliced frozen pieces of kangaroo um, and then just, like, lost all of the heat entirely. So it's it's pretty awful. It looks Um, like you managed to cook it through, though. It looks kind of well done from where I'm sitting. It's sliced about a millimetre thin. Yeah, yeah. So about 10 minutes ago it was frozen, right? Yeah. And now it's uh, lukewarm in the studio. I'm not sure we're doing this fine beast justice. Oh, Alice, you don't need to try it because you're vegetarian. I've never been more pleased to be vegetarian. However... Give some to Stanley. He'll love it. It tastes fine. Yeah. Like it's quite clean and lean and very... Uh, Venison-like. Yeah, very metallic and it's obviously, you know... It needs like a really rich sauce. Yeah, with a bit something. of sweetness or something. Almost like a that. savoury chocolate sauce. Like the, Yeah, like things you serve with venison, right? Mm. Either that or like a tataki, like a ponzu. Yeah. So the only other time I've eaten... Thanks, Matt. I really appreciate you doing that. I really appreciate that whole mission you just went on. A lot more than I appreciate the taste. (laughs) We we often send people on uh, wild kangaroo hunts uh, for this podcast. Sophie spent an hour in a queue at... uh, Faro last week, only to get the wrong wasabi. It was the day before Easter, so everyone was stocking up on booze. But the only other time I've eaten kangaroo, and this is, I just had another piece of surprisingly good, was when I worked at an Australian-themed restaurant in Copenhagen. Mm-hmm. I was on exchange there. When you say themed. It was called Reef and Beef. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I get that the name is a bit themey, but are we talking like, are there like taxidermy roos in the room? Uh, not no, it was themed Australian. There okay. was like, was like, like the Lone Star, there but was, Australia. Exactly. Okay. It, very, but sl- ever so slightly classy. It was trying to be a high-end Australian-themed restaurant called Reef and Beef. Lone Star, but make it Flash. Flash Lone Star, <laughs> serving crocodile, uh, barramundi, yeah. kangaroo. 
I seem to remember Snake, but all the butchers I've called have today, the, all the Aussie butchers, I actually called the Aussie butcher chain, see if they need <laughs> Snake. Snake. Oh, my God, hilarious. They've never heard of anyone. Uh, Stocking. Yeah. Or ordering. No, like they, they've never been sent Snake from their mates over in yeah, I don't that. think I've ever heard of people eating snake in Australia. Does the Aussie butcher have anything to do with Australia? Well, the person, Tanya, who answered the phone at Mount Roskill, Aussie butcher. Yeah, but it's a franchise. <laughs> she was Australian. Okay. And they had crocodile. Do you think she was just putting on a funny and, accent? Uh, maybe, because I was told to put on, at work, in Brief and Beef, to put on a uh, slight Australian accent if I, uh, I, if I felt I love like that when they get the stuff. I doubt the Danes would really know the difference between a New Zealand and an Australian accent anyway. They definitely didn't. Mm. You're all just below them anyway. Mm. Like, literally, <laughs> I was like a foot shorter than the entire population. Yeah. And it's the only place I've ever been fired from, so that was cool. Why did you get fired? I... Ate the manager's steak <laughs> one night that he had. He had I'm waiting for you to defend yourself. He had asked for something to be um, prepared for his dinner and had put it aside, and I thought it was just like staff food. And I picked it up with my bare hands and ate half of it <laughs> and put it back. And he asked me to, after that happened, to never come back here. Wow. wow. I. I wish I'd just grabbed someone's glass of wine off their table as I walked out and said, you can't fire me because I quit. <laughs> <laughs> I had, like, the most challenging time I'd ever had in unemployment in Copenhagen. I remember biking through the snow with, like, 50 CVs printed out, like, hard copy, and stopping at every place on my map being like, hi, I'm from New Zealand. Can I have a job? And they were pretty much just like, Did you go nah. to the Australian restaurant? I, I didn't come across Reef and Beef. Reef and Beef. Reef and Beef. So we served Although a lot of, maybe like, I just um, kept driving. We served a lot of steak and yabby together. Oh, yeah. 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 I, I went and tried to get a job at Noma. Just I just wanted to wash dishes and be a part of it. He's like, we got a year waiting list for kitchen hands. Yeah. <laughs> so that was interesting. But yeah. it was very kind. Like, he was great yeah. I showed up. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking, I'm actually really a really good waitress. Like, why can't I get a job? Because you can't speak Danish. Well, there was this one place that did take me in, and I did a, a couple of trial shifts and got the job, and then... Later in the week, he said the manager said to me, "How long are you here for?" And I said six months. And he went, "Nah, see ya." Like they couldn't be bothered training someone that was going to only be around for six months. But what I will say is that his training on the first night was like the most intense I've ever had. He goes, "This is a place where mistakes don't happen." Ooh. Wow! I was like, "Wow." Anyway, Copenhagen's not in Australia. Last no. time I checked, so let's just—it's <laughs> not. So have you ever been to Tasmania? No, but that's another thing I was going to say is that's high on my list. I really would love to go to Tasmania. Like, it's a bit of a wineries and nature trip. So I've always felt like when I was in my 20s going around raving, it wasn't high on the list. There's but a bit of raving. I had a rave. As I slowly morph into a boomer, um, <laughs> I used the words PC gone mad yesterday. Just oh, so my you know. oh, no. Um, I think Tasmania is next on the list. Yeah. Isn't that the tagline of the spin-off, though? The spin-off, PC gone mad. Yeah, pretty much. So you, I'm not sure if you're welcome if you're going to start listening to Mike Hosking or something. Fine. No, I was, well, I was using it ironically because I think boomers are hilarious, but I also kind of meant it because we had a um, food verification visit with for the council, like an annual inspection, and we passed everything except they told us that we now need to add allergens for sulfites and lupins oh. to our menu and then... We asked them, like, because the 
we have Middle Eastern food at Fatima's, so mm. the spice factory says may contain traces of sulfite on it. So would you like us to just outlaw every menu item for someone that may have a sulfite allergy? Also, can you let us know what lupins are? And they didn't know what lupins. Bloody PC gone mad. Aren't lupins the buzzy thing in the South Island that flower? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Is there heaps of lupins like floating around in your food? Well, who knows? But now we're required to train all of our staff on which menu items have got lupins in them, even though council can't tell us what lupins are and exactly how concerned we should be. Like, is someone going to go anaphylactic? You basically just want to say, there's lupins in Mm. here. But anyway... I'm also, the fact that I'm a boomer has nothing to do with Australia either. But the Tasmania is amazing for food and uh, yes. long walks and also golf. Uh, I feel like I can get it, you know, long walks and golf in New Zealand. You're not, you're not selling it to me. What's... I think it's beautiful. I think yeah. it's a nature vibe. And I think they've got a bit of a, see, I've never done like Margaret River in Australia, which is sort of, you know, gives you the American go to a, on a big long drive and go to lots of vineyards kind of yeah. wear a, wear a um, goblet round your neck that, you do. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of thing I, I reckon um, would be awesome but I haven't done that either Whiskey though, that's something that Tasmania uh, offers in a way that you can't find anywhere in this hemisphere I don't think Oh really? I so didn't all know you need for whiskey mm. is really, really delicious water right. nice clean water a swamp with heaps of peat mm. and uh, good barley growing conditions. And oh, yeah. Tasmania has that in copious amounts. So they make amazing whiskey. Good They've got really amazing. Did you guys watch Australian MasterChef last year? No. I, haven't, I love Australian MasterChef. I haven't watched it's it for a while. It's always been the best one, right? I have not watched it for more than five years. But we watched, we got watching it with some friends last year and became obsessed. But they've got some really interesting ingredients. They're doing a lot of um, native ingredients focused Yes, cooking. they seem to have adopted indigenous ingredients a lot more quickly a than New Zealand A lot of Zealanders. wattle seed. And However, oh, cool. I wonder if it's something to do with the fact that they might not respect, you know, the indigenous people as much. They're like, oh, yeah, bloody yeah, let's use Scrab this. Whereas it. here it's like. Maybe we're a bit more like, let's, you know, let actual Māori people... Lead the movement. Lead the movement. Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, and there's a lot of, I think, there are a lot of, um, in Australia, it's a very... In the way that people feel about New Zealand as being like this beautiful oasis, mm. they've got a bunch of chefs from all over the world that go and cook, you know, in the middle of the country in Australia. And so yeah. they're not necessarily Australians, but they are doing a great job of learning about Australian ingredients. yeah. Yeah, um, but I can't wait to get to Sydney and go to some new restaurants. Yeah, do you know I haven't been to Sydney since for probably like 20 years. Excuse me? So I think I went as a teenager, but I don't really remember it, so I need so to go. I went for the first time uh, since the year 2000 in 2019. Mm. Wow. Mm. Yeah, it's probably about the year 2000. Th- wow, yeah, fuck, I don't know. Before it's like the same price as flying to the South Island. You do know that. A little yes. bit more than that. But I guess you've got to have someone to stay with. Like for me, it's never been... Um, a mad extravagance because I'll either use air points or I will um, just pay the same as I would to go on, you know, to the South Island or something. Like I always get flights on sale and then I always have somewhere to stay. My mm, flights are actually handy. paid for for my 2019 trip. Yeah. I won, won a body transformation competition oh with my, uh, my best friend Ben. Oh, you did the rig I'll off. post uh, some photos to the no dietary, one needs to see dietary requirements uh, Instagram. 
Yeah. It's worth a look. It's worth an unfollow. Although what it wasn't worth was um, the sacrifices you have to make to your diet to end up looking like that. That was that was rough. Twelve weeks of like broccoli and omelets was shit buzz. Yeah, but you still work out now, which started at the rig off, didn't it? I don't think we need to go down this alley, but my exercise is based on the way that, like, you know, I feel like I feel more vibrant at work. I can focus better. Mm. Um, I don't know. I just it's got other benefits. I'm other lighter, than your on, lighter meme on my ring. feet. No, my I'm like the fittest um, plump guy you ever meet. Raising capital or taking your business to the world? Investment Fix has the lowdown on everything you need to make it happen. This season, we're exploring the US market, the opportunities it offers, what it takes to grow a business there, and the best way to approach investors. Join some of the superstars of the investment and business world as they share advice from their time in the US so you can make your mahi count in this massive market. The Investment Fix podcast, brought to you by Invest New Zealand. Tune in today. Are you making the most of your KiwiSaver investment? Generate is an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of strong long-term performance. Making a smart decision now could add tens of thousands of dollars by the time you reach retirement. Book a no-obligation chat with a Generate KiwiSaver advisor today at generatekiwisaver.co.nz slash advice. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited and, of course, past performance does not guarantee future returns. Yeah, interesting. Do you guys know what a jaffle is? Uh, I've, a never, toasted, a toast, I've never heard of a jaffle. Australian toasted sandwich. Yeah. What they makes call, it Australian? I'm not quite sure, but they call them jaffle machine. I think it was the brand of the toasty machine. Sounds ah. like it. And I went to a pub in Melbourne that just did jaffles, which was great. Was it good? I think so. Because I love I mean, I just love toasted sandwiches. sandwiches. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what's really cool about Melbourne and the food scene in Melbourne, I thought, was that because it's very neighbourhood-based, you can go to one neighbourhood and spend the whole day there. Like You could go somewhere for breakfast, somewhere for lunch, yeah. somewhere for a pre-dinner drink, somewhere for dinner, somewhere mm. for a post-dinner drink. So like five places. Within like 500 metres. Yeah. I think, yeah, it's just got that population advantage. There's just so much that, more And you can all survive? Because I worry yeah. so much about... The viability of, um, you know, really wonderful places in in Auckland and Wellington because there is just so many and so few of us. Although, interestingly, in New Zealand, in Auckland in particular, um, the suburban hospitality joints have done the best out of COVID. What's a suburban, for example? Like a destination. So um, the Hare and Turtle or... Cazador. Yeah, like somewhere that you go because everyone's been avoiding the city and avoiding the crowds. So I think that's right. been quite a cool outcome. That's interesting. Um, I'd like to educate you about Jaffles because mm-hmm. it's not just a toasted sandwich machine. It's the one that pushes the edge of the bread together to make oh, it like a yeah, pie. Yeah, like oh, a I, love, I love Jaffles. Yeah. Toasty pie. That's right. They're so dangerous though when you um, if you don't cut them in half and let them yes, breathe. Yes, get very hot. They really hold that heat and you take that first bite and you get a steam burn. Yeah. yeah. Yum. <laughs> Like a pocket of steam. Yeah. It all sounds like we're pretty excited to visit Australia and eat their food when... Where the bloody hell are we? (laughs) Where the bloody hell are you? I'm I'm not there yet. Are there any, um, just quickly, like we should just bag on Australian food if we've got anything that we hate? Oh, yeah. I don't reckon their coffee's very good. Not as good as New Zealand. it's supposed to be the same, but you get a flat white there and it's like all weak and big. Like they don't do six ounce small thing, like takeaway. 
No, they don't. And also, I think you're right, single shot's the norm there. That's just bullshit. I, I also don't think their beer's as good as here. When I was in Melbourne, I was trying all their craft beers, and I just ended up getting a New Zealand one. Great. Maybe I'm just a bloody patriot. And also, we <laughs> should shout out to um, Chris Parker's Instagram story about the Kiwi that's recently returned from it's Australia. Good. Oh, I missed that. It's very good. It's hilarious. Posted a link at the Instagram. But no, there isn't a lot to bag on. I think it's like their food tends to be better priced because they have much lower produce costs than we do. Right. But they also have higher staff costs than we do, so I'm not actually entirely sure. Um, So I reckon the service is also a degree better better in Mm. Australia. That's something that I would really add is that Australians take hospitality seriously as a career. Yeah. Mm. I just I'm finding it so frustrating that we've got this culture in New Zealand where people think that what they're doing now has got nothing to do with what they do next. Like I yeah. I, I honestly think I learnt more lessons about how to perform well on a workplace and under pressure through hospitality Same. than I did as a young lawyer. Yeah. But people they honestly just go, Oh, we've got staff that don't want to be a manager because they just don't. Yeah. And that ability to respond to the needs of entirely different types of people, like all mm. within the same mm. situation. Anticipate what they want before they want it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love getting served it's by fine art. really smart, educated, yeah. 35-year-old career uh, waiters in Oh, Australia. yeah, same. I get, like, all of the warm fuzzies when someone's like, this is my life, I love this. Oh, oh one Australian thing I think I don't like, Tim Tams, overrated. They're so brash and sort of... I like a Tim Tam, but I'm not a big chocolate. I'd much rather have a toffee pop or a mellow puff. A mellow puff? Delicious. Are you five? Again, I'm a patriot. (laughs) (laughs) Do you punch it? Do you still like... Yeah, punch it, yeah, on your forehead. Do you you like pavlova? Uh, To be honest, I'm not like... I don't... I'm kind of... Only with heaps of cream. Yeah, Yeah, and lamington only with heaps of cream as well, or else it's just like a dry sponge ball. shit meringue. (laughs) I'd never order it. Like if there's some sort of other chocolate dessert or something, you know? That's all right. It's all right. Yeah. It's like a nice, warm hug, but it's not going to change your life. No. No, it's not like a pash. No, <laughs> it's not a hot pash. Not a hot Speaking pash. of hot pashes, uh, we've got a cute exit to this evening's nice uh, podcast. Jonathan, our producer, and his partner Liz are going out for dinner for um, their anniversary, and we're going to do... A live recommendation. So, if Jonathan, you explain the vibe. Yeah. What, and what year? Um, oh, it's six. And oh, it's not. We you know. moved house last uh, last week. So, we being the pragmatic couple that we are, we just banked the date. And tomorrow is the day. I for feel it, like moving so. house together as a couple is a real test because it's a horrific experience. I would honestly, my husband and I have basically had a very smooth run for. 12 years, and the closest we've ever come to divorce is moving out. <laughs> yeah. Try um, taking a band on tour for a couple of years. That really tests oh, it. Oh, I could imagine. But, oh, yeah. yeah, no, we're very lucky. We're a good team. We, we, yeah, we, we should toast it. So where should we go? I like um, the idea of Mr. Morris. I've been three times, and I wow. absolutely I have never been. So, Jonathan, would you and Liz mind if I come along and join the day? <laughs> would that that'd be sweet, right? Would be, would be all right? Yeah. Okay, yep. Um, cool, cool. I find it hard to say no on the air. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's it's fancy and how would you describe the food? Oh, the food is fucking delicious. But like quite intricate. Uh, okay, it's fine dining, but chilled out a bit is what I would say. So it's not like the food's not intimidating. It's like 
quail instead of chicken, but it's got it's like a delicious barbecue. Mm. Tastes like a delicious barbecued chicken. It's and then he has the side, which is just lemon risotto, and it's like this perfect. Yeah, really. What a genius idea for a side. Yeah, like, he's just forget rocket and pear. Yeah, <laughs> and the Negroni. I mean, Ooh. honestly, the food is the food is great. The service is epic. I've I've I really agree with the um, accolade yesterday. All right. So what about? There's a chance that we can't get in. Mm, because it won Beaver's top Have you been 50. to Peachy on K Road? Yeah. Very sweet. Yeah, okay. Nice place to sit down. It's kind of like dark and cosy. Do you mean, yeah. do you mean Peach Pit? No. no, no, no. Peachy. P-I-C-I. So Sophie didn't try hard enough. She peachy. should have said Peachy. Because yeah, it's Italiano. So it's a fresh pasta joint inside mm. St. Kevin's Arcade on the left. I haven't been there yet. It's pretty young. Absolutely delish. Wow. Much more casual than Mr. Morris, but good vibes. Yeah, casual and cute. Yeah. Intimate. I think that uh, Bo Wine Bar, delicious yes, food. lovely there. Lovely yeah. joint for us. Um, that's in Three Lamps in Ponsby. Yeah. I mean, Bar Celeste, if you're on K Road, always Oysters, lovely. champagne. Yeah. Also yes. on Viva's top ten. Yeah. I need to check that list out properly. Well, I think we should get Jesse in and talk about it, because i got some hard questions to answer. ask him. Good on you, Si. Mm. He's always asking the hard questions. Yeah. That's me. He's the spin-offs version of, um, oh, what's Mike? Like Mike? You know, the bright-wing pain in the ass that's oh, on Mike the radio. Oh, Mike Hoskin. Yeah. Simon's the spin-off very, equivalent. Asking the hard questions. Soon, yeah. soon all um, major restaurateurs are going to boycott the podcast like Jacinda did. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mike. Yarning to him. Well, happy anniversary, Jonathan. We're really proud of you and we're very grateful for your help. Yes. Cheers, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Happy Music by Has Beats. Shout out to uh, Jane Yee, the head of the Spin-Off Podcast Network. Thank you, Sophie and Alice, for being here with Thank us. You. And uh, Have a nice afternoon, Happy everyone. Australia Week. Yeah, thanks, uh, Australia. All the listeners. Thanks, Good Australia. Bye. Bye. Kia ora e te iwi, te aihe Butler here, podcast manager at The Spin-Off. If you enjoy listening to our podcasts, consider supporting our mahi by signing up to become a Spin-Off member at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. The Spin-Off Podcast Network.